0: Hey, y'all, and welcome back to another Imperfectly Me podcast episode with your host, Jasmine Wilkin. Now remember, Imperfectly Me is a podcast connected to our nonprofit, Jazz Fusion Studios, where our goal is to decrease loneliness, stress, anxiety, and depression. And we do all that through our creative outlets. So if you want to get creative or even want to find out more about us, please visit our website, www.jazzfusionstudios.com. Dot org and send us a little get to know me, contact me on our contacts tab. Today I'm joined by a youthline volunteer named James and I'm super excited for us to get to know him a little bit more and chat with him about our specific topic, which we will unveil in a moment. Um, but before then, let me go into a little bit about Youthline. Youthline is a collaboration of different organizations throughout New Zealand. It was established in 1970. That is absolutely amazing. They help youth and their families and their support people to be able to find and gain access to the information that they need to develop personal skills, as well as leadership, being connected, having quality relationships, fostering participation, and access to good information these are all the things that describe Youthline and their goals. I think that's absolutely amazing and I'm ecstatic to be joined by James today who's going to tell us a little bit about Youthline and go into this topic with me. Hey James, thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Kira, thank you for having me. So yeah, as Jasmine said, I am a Youthline volunteer. I've been volunteering for around three years now, um, mostly on the helpline. Youthline, you know, as the whole organization, we do some really cool stuff, specifically in Auckland. We organize you know, face-to-face counseling, try to make that as free as possible and accessible. We have youth workers that work with youth, particularly around homelessness. And then we also have the Helpline, where we receive you know, so many contacts a day of people who do need that extra support. And it's really great to be able to provide that for them.
0: One of the amazing things that I love about Youthline is that they have so many different ways that you can get in contact with them. So if you needed to get a you know, call them, email them, text them, web chat them, they are available in all these different avenues as a way to be able to be, like I said, available to you in any way, shape, or form that you need particularly. So James, can you tell us about a little bit about how to get in contact with you via phone calls, emails, texts, web chats, or what have you?
1: Yes, absolute absolutely. So you can call us for free on zero eight hundred thirty-seven. 66 33 and that's 24 7 you can text us for free as well on 234 and our tech service runs from 8 a.m till midnight fire away an email at talk at youthline.co.nz and to start a web chat with us you can visit our website which is youthline.co.nz
0: So one thing that's really awesome about the Youthline website when you go on um, youthline.co.nz is that there is a little tab at the bottom, uh, like a little blue messenger, that you can chat through Facebook if you need to. And it's, it's pretty awesome. And, you know, typically they reply instantly, all these different things. Like it's pretty amazing. So if you need to contact them, simply going on their website, you have the get help tab, which also has, you know, different ways to get in touch with them. Or you can just click on that that little icon down at the bottom, which is pretty handy. If you're already struggling with trying to get out there and talk to somebody, Youthline makes it easy to get in contact with them by having multiple ways, like James said. And I'll have all those ways in the description as well so that you guys will have an easier time getting in contact them with them. All right. Now let's get into our episode, shall we? I'm really excited. The topic for today's episode is specifically depression in youth. This is actually really near and dear to my heart. As you guys know, for JFS, it's also really one of the things that we really focus on is depression and how to deal with depression. So without further ado, let's get right into our episode. James, is there any intro that you would like to bring about suicide and depression throughout New Zealand?
1: So we know that New Zealand has a relatively high youth suicide rate and at Youthline, pretty much one in four texts that we receive from young people is around depression, anxiety, self-harm and suicide. One in every five texts is just around suicide. So it's something that is quite common, even if we don't talk about it. It can be quite hard to uh, spot if you're not sure what you're looking for and say like a loved one or family member and it can also be really tough to talk to a family member or a loved one and wondering you know are you safe are you okay Mm
0: -hmm. that makes sense now James earlier you said something about youth homelessness and I have never heard of youth homelessness um if it wasn't connected to like a family situation. You know, sometimes families become homeless for one reason or another. But can you tell us a little bit about youth in particular and homelessness as related to that?
1: Yeah, sure. So the most recent stats that I can find indicate that half of New Zealand's homeless population are under 25. Um, It's typically the most vulnerable young people who do become homeless. And, you know, there's, there's so many potential reasons that can add to why someone who is young does become homeless, whether, you know, being at home isn't a safe place for them anymore and they, they don't have any supportive family or friends to stay with. As I said earlier, you know, being a young person is hard enough, let alone having to find a place to live. The youth workers up in Auckland do some really awesome work in securing, you know, emergency accommodation long-term accommodation, all that stuff that can be really hard by yourself.
0: Under 25, that's amazing. It's weird because I feel like it's normally presented as if it's only older people who ever become homeless. So to hear that actually the reality is that more young people, 25 and under, are homeless, that's that's kind of mind, mind-boggling and eye-opening. So what can we do to... Not only support those or, you know, some of our youth that we may, that may be struggling with homelessness, but also how can we support those people who may be struggling with depression and suicide? How can we support our loved ones and just be there for them?
1: Honestly, one of the most important things is to, you know, be able to be a good support for them. So that means being gentle and not judging them. It can be really tough for, Someone who's had no experience with suicidal ideation, trying to understand why someone is experiencing that. But that's it, you don't have to understand that. It's just something that you have to go, okay, this is a stressor that they're facing. And it's also really important to just be there and listen, you know, not telling them how they should be feeling, not saying it's okay, you know, other people have it worse, it's not that bad. We don't want to minimize anyone's feelings because that, again, can be really harmful. And if you do know someone who is having thoughts of ending their life, let them talk about it. Don't just avoid the topic. It, It does feel uncomfortable sometimes, but it's really important that they can verbalize that to someone they trust. But then also on the opposite end, you don't want to force them to have to talk to you to share this stuff. It really needs to come from a place of love, a place of understanding a place of walking alongside them, not leading them. And, you know, it's really important to know that you as a support are not alone. There is professional support out there for someone who is struggling with depression or struggling with suicide. And it might be really important that you support them in getting the support that they need.
0: No, that makes sense. It's interesting because sometimes you think that when you see somebody who's struggling or when you think somebody's struggling that you have to be the sole supporter of them. But as James was saying, sometimes just supporting them and finding the support that they need could be more useful than trying to be the counselor yourself or the doctor yourself. You know, if somebody has come to you, if a friend or a family member has come to you and said, I'm struggling with depression or I just feel really low or what have you, you just saying, you know... I will be there with you. Let's find you some help. That that could be all you need to do. You don't have to be the counselor if you don't feel like that's a role that you fit in. That's perfectly fine. So we actually really like the fact that James said, if you need to be the support person to help them find support, then do that. So don't feel like it's so overwhelming or that you have to be perfect because you don't. It's amazing when somebody loves you enough or feels comfortable enough with you to even open up and say that they're struggling. Let alone allowing you to walk this walk with them. So don't take it lightly when somebody comes to you and tells you that they're struggling. It's hard to talk about it. and then to be able to go to somebody and talk to them about it means that they they're comfortable with you. So hey, if you have somebody who is struggling and they come and talk to you, do what you can.
1: So if you have any um, suspicions that someone is thinking about in their life or if they are, if you think they may be experiencing depression, um, as tough as this may be, the first thing, specifically with suicide, is to be quite upfront and honest and ask, are you having thoughts of in your life? Um, it's important to do this, you know, one-on-one in a comfortable space
0: um,
1: and with no sort of judgment in your voice. You know, if you're coming like, are you having thoughts of in your life? Um, they're more likely to just say no because there's that sort of the way that's been framed, and it's also really important to note that the research suggests that asking someone if they have any thoughts of ending in their life does not put that into their head. That that's a lot of people do. A lot of people are concerned about that. But from what we can tell, that does not happen.
0: So if you have a thought that maybe my loved one is thinking this, then you should just confront them. Is that what you're saying?
1: Uh, Confront may be a harsh word, but it can be important to go, hey, I've noticed that it looks like you're a bit lower than you normally are. I can see that you've reduced your contact with friends and you don't seem as interested in your hobbies as you are. Are you okay? And then based on the response to that, could then go, are you having thoughts of ending your life?
0: Mm -hmm. So reduced contact with friends, reduced interest in hobbies, um, kind of seclusion and like maybe less talkative or any of those things are those different signs that we should be looking out for?
1: Yeah, those are some uh, signs of depression and it can feel uncomfortable. You know, I talk about suicide a lot on the helpline a lot of the times with people who this is maybe the first time they're speaking those words. And I still find it uncomfortable when I've had to ask some of my friends, hey, you, you're saying that you're feeling really depressed. Are you having thoughts of ending your life. And, you know, it is uncomfortable to do.
0: So you've done it not only in just the youth line volunteering area, but you have you had to, I mean, this is a little personal, but have you had to do that with friends? You said, um, what, like close acquaintances as well?
1: Yep. yep I've had to, Luckily only a few times, and, but you know, for someone who does this as basically work, it's still uncomfortable talking about it with close loved ones.
0: Is there anything that you would say to somebody who maybe doesn't feel comfortable with coming forward just yet, but is still struggling? Is there anything that you can say to encourage them? Mm-hmm.
1: And it's, it's such a hard thing to be struggling with. Um, the, the first thing, and it's so important, is to reach out. And this can be in the form of someone you trust. Um, If you you know, a supportive parent, um, supportive family member, supportive teacher, supportive school counsellor, someone who you do think you can trust with this, it's really important that you let them know that you are having thoughts of ending your life. And it sounds really big and scary, but it is something that um, you do deserve the support around. And of course, there's youth line helplines are mostly anonymous and you don't know the person who's talking to you they don't have an agenda in your life they're not going to tell you that your problems aren't important because they they they'll be able to hear the effect it's having on you and if you're if you are too scared to reach out to someone in your life you know it can so understand that but really encourage you to reach out either to a helpline to write down how you're feeling just spending time to do things that you enjoy can be really beneficial. Uh, whether that's something creative, a lot of people find journaling helpful, or mindfulness—something small that might be able to make you feel better.
0: I agree. There's something that James keeps saying that I really want to point out, just in case you guys are missing it. He keeps saying, "Don't minimize when when somebody's going through something." Um, for example, let's talk about parents because that's kind of the realm that I'm in right now. But if, if you're a parent, and your child comes up to you and says something like, so-and-so stepped on my bunny. My daughter has a bunny that she just loves. And if somebody steps on her bunny for her, that is a big deal. But as a parent, you know, maybe I'm dealing with a thousand other things. Somebody stepping on your bunny and it's not injured in any way. It's a non, you know, inanimate object. It's not that big of a deal to me. But what I had to learn was that if I take her issue and I make it trivial or if I make it any less, it actually hurts her and she's less likely to come to me when she has an issue later on. So really taking the time when somebody's talking to you about something, maybe it's so-and-so won't talk to me anymore or so-and-so didn't sit next to me at lunch or what have you. That might seem really small to you, but the art of listening, the, the power behind listening is there regardless of whether or not you see it. So if somebody's talking to you and they have something that's going on, just listen. Just learn to listen. I feel like that's something that we all need to learn as a culture is to learn to really listen. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, you said that perfectly with your daughter and her bunny. Yeah, that was such a great way of phrasing that. My sneaking suspicion is that that's an intense emotion that she's feeling. That's the most intense, you know, maybe sadness. And even though you know, when she grows up, she'll go, haha, yeah. Um, but that that's, you know, not important. It's at the time that is actually an issue. Um, so yeah, really awesome. Kind of identifying that. Hey,
0: Yeah. And I think that it's important in us, like in, as an individual to be able to see those emotions as well. Like we talk about in this podcast all the time, I always say it's not trivial and you're not trivial. So if you're having a struggle, it's not a trivial issue and you're not a trivial person, like you're not somebody who doesn't matter. So if you are struggling, like James said, go find that help, go find the person that you feel comfortable to talk to. And James, can you talk a little bit about why is it such a scary thing? Why is it such a, um, a, forgive the term, but such a taboo thing to say? Like, why is that?
1: I think one of the reasons it's so taboo is because we often don't know anyone else who's gone through something like this. You know, we'll know someone who's broken an arm or other like physical illnesses, but mental disorders are often more invisible than that. So I can sometimes feel like we're the only one who's felt like this and therefore we're bad. The media representations of, say, suicidal people or people with mental disorders, uh, I think can also add to that and make it be something worse than it is when really it's something that, especially suicidal ideation, is very common.
0: I actually really like the fact that you pointed out the the visible injuries versus the invisible. Because like you said, yes, you can see somebody who has broken their arm. You can see somebody who's broken their leg. But a lot of the times the invisible struggles are the ones that we tend to hide more. I mean, it's hard to hide when your arm is broken. You know what I mean? You, You need help and people don't feel as awkward going in to get help for that. But when it's something that's invisible, whether it is stress, anxiety, depression, be it that these things are very, very common I think people start to get to the point where they they down themselves for even going through this, or they start to feel like they're a bad person for going through this, or they should be better than this, or, or what have you. But you wouldn't have that same thought process for somebody who broke their arm. Like, I think that that stigma is one that really needs to be addressed, that just because you're struggling with depression, anxiety, stress, suicide ideation... Just because you're struggling with this does not mean that you yourself are a bad person. It doesn't mean that you're weak. It doesn't mean that you, you know, are lacking in any way, shape or form. You're just struggling. And everybody struggles at one point in time or another. Like James said multiple times, this is more common than we think it is. Can you tell me a little bit about, um, do you see that more young men struggle with suicide or depression or young women struggle? Or do you think it's even throughout? Uh, Is there a certain age limit?
1: So, at least from the stats, I believe men will successfully commit suicide more than women, about two to one. Uh, 2.5 to 1 and although women attempt it more um, and there's some really good stuff online about those differences and there seems to not really be an age limit Um, you know uh, people who are 40 plus 40 50 60 plus can be experiencing suicidal ideation youth as young as eight or nine might also be going through that and that that's where it's you know, it's really tough on the parents. It's really tough on the young person because then they don't really have the full understanding, just wanting to basically just wanting to die. That's where it can be really tough.
0: Yeah. I'm coming from a parent's point of view. My daughter, who is six, asked me one day, she's like, mommy, what does it feel like to die? Like, and it just, it caught me off guard and it did make me feel uncomfortable. Like, cause you know, for the most part, people don't want to think about anything you know, having to do with, with pain or death or anything like that. And for your child to kind of bring it up out of nowhere was kind of, oh man, it, it just, it just caught me off guard a little bit. So I can understand, I mean, her, her area was just curiosity, but for a child who may be struggling with it, I can understand how for a parent it would, it would hurt to hear. Um, but parents you are not alone either. Youthline also deals with, you know, helping parents and the caregivers and things like that to be able to find the access to the information that they need. So, if you do have a, a child who is struggling, you're not alone. You can also find information that would help. Can you tell me, is the suicide rate going up in New Zealand or in, you know, as a whole over time? Has it, has it been higher at any point than it is now?
1: So, the New Zealand suicide rate seems to be the lowest it has been for three years, which is good to hear. It's, there's still a lot of people who have lost their lives, but it is encouraging to see the number of suicides drop.
0: That's good to hear. That is actually really good to hear. That means that organizations like yours and other organizations um, that focus on these things and counselors and psychiatrists, that they're making a positive effect. That's, that's really good to hear. I was actually really curious as to whether or not lockdown did cause any extra problems um, or, you know, bring out any more of these feelings or emotions in people that did you see that over lockdown that that did increase?
1: Uh, Yes. So we had a 50% increase in texts in March compared to like any years previous. So we saw a lot more people reaching out uh, for support. Typical themes included not feeling safe with who people were living with and not being able to access already existing supports because of the lockdown. Um, so reaching out to get them the support that they Dessert. So you
0: guys still were able to to work throughout the lockdown.
1: Yep, we we had our tech service available uh, throughout it, and had our phones up and running pretty quickly.
0: It's encouraging to hear that people were reaching out. Like, if you're listening to this and you're struggling, I would encourage you to reach out. You're not alone. Like, they had a fifty percent increase in text messages just in March when we went into lockdown. So that should tell you that if you're struggling, you're not by yourself. And if you're struggling due to school, family issues, or what have you, you're not alone. So I always say this. I feel like I repeat myself every episode. You're not alone. You're not trivial. It's not a trivial issue. You know, seek the help that you need to seek. James, as we bring this episode to a close, is there anything else that you would like to tell our podcast listeners?
1: I'd probably have to quote the prime minister and just say, be kind to each other. That's really one of the most important things we can do, especially in a global pandemic.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like kindness sometimes is underrated. So be kind. That is that is good words, James. For those of you guys who maybe have been someone to receive help from Youthline or any organization like Youthline, consider donating, reaching out and helping them out that way. Because, yes, it does cost a lot of money to run nonprofits or organizations like these. It's not free
1: yeah, so our helpline costs over a million dollars a year, um, and we only get about ninety thousand dollars in funding. So the rest we have to fundraise ourselves. So as always, donations are extremely appreciated, so we can continue providing that support for youth that we've been providing for so long.
0: So if you want to give a donation, you can go on their website and donate through there. Um, again, we'll have a link down below to their website um so that you guys can you know give donations and and help these these organizations be able to continue help Youthline be able to continue to do the calls the emails the text messages and the web chats for those who need it so don't hesitate go ahead and, and go down to the description find the link and go straight through and go ahead and give a donation i appreciate you coming on the show and i appreciate you spending some time with us i would actually love to do another episode with you guys with Youthline, fine um and maybe dive into the depression and suicide a little bit deeper
1: yeah absolutely i would i really appreciate you having me it's such an awesome thing you're doing and i'd love to do it again
0: (laughs) fantastic so you guys heard it here first and one day we will have YouthLine and james back on the podcast so keep a lookout for that And again, if you guys are struggling with stress, anxiety, depression, suicide ideation, loneliness, reach out. You can reach out to Youthline. Once again, their their information will be down in the description. You can also go on our website, www.jazzfusionstudios.org, and send us a little contact info on our contact tab. And we can also get you in touch with anybody that you need to talk to, whether it be Youthline or what have you. So, Thank you so much for being a part of this episode, you guys, and we'll end this episode the way that we always do, repeat after me, as imperfect as I am, I'm perfectly me. Till next episode, bye y'all. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of Imperfectly Me. The podcast brought to you by Jazz Fusion Studios. Remember, we are a nonprofit organization as well as a registered charity here in Christchurch, New Zealand. We depend on donations from listeners like you to keep us on the air, running and helping those who need the positive words that we can give them. Go to the website, www.jazzfusionstudios.org. Click on the Donate tab and give a little donation, or if you just are interested in volunteering or just getting involved with us, send us a little a little hello in our contact tab. That would be fantastic. We love hearing from you guys. So comment down below if this episode meant something to you, if you learned something new, and also don't be shy. Comment if you wanna hear something specific for the next episode. We'd love to hear that as well. Music from this episode is brought to you by Purple Planet. So thank you Purple Planet for the wonderful music. Till next time!